Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, I wasted no time in breaking out. Oh, I got a Chase Claypool jersey already. Well, I mean, it, it might or you, you can see the patch. It might or might not be repurposed. But here's the thing. I was weirdly consumed. With what number Chase Clay? I spent too much time thinking about this. And the funny thing was, is I tweeted it out. The sick podcast retweeted it as well. And it was cool. It was like, how many people were obsessed with jersey numbers? Like, it is, I, I don't know. if it. Uh, maybe we just aren't used to having a, a big-time superstar joining the Bears. Uh, it seems like forever ago. It wasn't that long ago that Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey played for the team. But it feels like forever. It feels fun to have Chase Claypool there. It feels fun to be a part of the trade deadline situation going on, actually acquiring talent instead of trading people off. It's a good time to be a fan of the Chicago Bears, even though they've got a tough game this week, and we're going to be talking about it. And you know what, Sammy? Let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. So happy that you chose to join us here today. We have got a great show lined up for you. In a matter of moments, we'll be joined by the NFL Network's MJ Acosta Ruiz. We're going to have Samantha Praviti join us on Fantasy Isle. We're going to be talking about the great trade to bring in Chase Claypool, everything that's happened in the world of the Chicago Bears over the last couple of days. A lot of stuff has been going on. And of course, if you joined us on Tuesday night, we had Carmen Vitale join us as we broke down that kind of in the moment. But now that we've had some time to digest it, we'll be digging deeper into what is going on with the Chicago Bears. But I do not want to waste the time of our first guest today, and I got to be honest with you, one of the nicest people, if not the nicest person I have ever worked with. She is such a sweet lady. I barged in on her yesterday as she was ready, as she was preparing to do a podcast with Willie McGinnis. And I said, MJ, we we, got to have you on the sick podcast to, to do this. And so she's like, I'm all about it. I will be there for you. So Sammy, let's roll the animation for Ranks Rivals. And she is far from a rival. She, again, is the host of Total Access. She's the face of the NFL Network. So welcoming 
Like I joined her on Friday. She could not be more accommodating. Let's go ahead and bring her on. MJ Acosta Ruiz. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you Hi, so Rankster. much for being here. Rankster, this is like a preview for our show tomorrow. This is so good. I know. And we've been having a lot of fun doing the Friday night shows on NFL Total Access. Mm-hmm. The game picks against Thomas Davis. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Can I can I pull back the curtain a little bit? Now, obviously, Please. people know me yeah. from fantasy football and everything like that. The thing I care about the most, what I root for the most, is beating you and Thomas Davis in the game picks. It's I'm consumed Listen, now. That's fair. But, Rank, we got to be honest with the people. We sort of joined forces last yes. week just to make sure we could <laughs> pull ahead of, of Thomas Davis and his pick. He's been every every other week he pulls ahead, pulls ahead, and not by much. Rankster right. and I sometimes we get grief for being homers, but it's worked in our favor, I think, Rank. I oh, think I so. think so. You know what? Yeah. Uh for me, I always feel like I'm sacrificing a pick because I'm always going to be picking the Chicago <laughs> Bears. I'm like, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, I'm gonna, I'm never gonna allow like David Montgomery or Bayless or any of those Kari Blasen game who joins us here. I don't want them to look up on the television screen mm-hmm. and see me picking some other team. That's never going to happen. No. Similarly, uh, you do the same thing for the Miami Dolphins. But the good mm-hmm. news for you is that the Dolphins are exceptional this year. And they and you talk about teams that are fun. The Miami Dolphins are there. Now, how enjoyable has it been being a fan of the Miami Dolphins so far this season? Look, I've, as you know, Rank, I've been a lifelong Dolphins fan. I was a Miami Dolphins cheerleader, for God's sake. So, like, doesn't get any more hardcore than that. Uh, but this season, I think leading up, I think you remember because you were on a show with me where Tyreek Hill was just going off. He's like, we're going to be the best team in the league. And as a Dolphins fan, we're like, hey, Tyreek, <laughs> calm down, calm it down until the season starts. And I'm like, you know what? I apologize to Tyreek for telling him to calm down. Do not calm down because everything that this Dolphins team did leading up to the season, how they started the year, and certainly now post-trade deadline has been phenomenal. It's given us a resurgence of hope um, again in South Florida, and I'm really excited to see the rest of the season for them. You should be excited. And so many times, I mean, you know this as well as anybody, you know, having worked in football for as long as you have, is that sometimes when you make big deals, they don't always work out. And we could always, you know, right. we could we could just look at Las Vegas, what's going on with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, what yeah. we all consider to be an absolute slam dunk. There was no way that's yeah. not going to work out. That has gone south. It has been the exact opposite in South Beach. And I know it's not South Beach. I know I get I You know did I get that on purpose. <laughs> I know I get I know I get harangued by you all the time. And I understand. I understand. How has it been mind-boggling just how good Tyreek Hill has been for this Dolphins team? Not at all. I mean, this is he's been ad advertised and then some. This is exactly what the Dolphins needed. Not just speed to add on to what Jalen Waddle can do, but just a downfield threat that opposing defenses quite frankly, are shook every time they have to figure out how to shut this guy down. So that's exactly what we needed, and it has come to fruition immediately, right out the gate, uh, which was the best-case scenario. Yeah, he's been a real difference maker. And again, I've said this, and I think I said this on a show that we were doing together. Actually, we talked about this with Willie McGinnis. Yeah. What a game-changer he is. Because you can see the Kansas City Chiefs. like They're putting up points. They're putting up yards. But Tyreek Hill is a game changer. I mean, when was yes. the last time you can remember having somebody like that in Miami? Oh my gosh, I can't. <laughs> Never. You can do it right? <laughs> that hurt. No, I, listen, I'm a Bears fan. I know what I know what that's like. But it's like it's yeah. it's crazy watching how well he's done. 
And I like the tandem, right, of Hill and Waddle. They have the most receiving yards on downfield targets this season of anybody, of any duo in the NFL. Um, and, and that's the type of awesome offense that you need in this league, especially in the AFC, which is now way more competitive uh, than it has been in several years. Um, but I also have to give props to Tua. Not only has he had a tumultuous season with his health, but all of these years leading up to it, even right out the gate when he got drafted, there has been so much doubt around him. So I'm really happy for him to see that he is playing up to the potential that the Dolphins saw in picking him as a first rounder, as a top five pick, uh, and and really showing up and starting to quiet because you know that the hate is not going to stop for a bit, right. but really showing that he does have that skill set and that he can be a true QB one and he can be the franchise guy for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I've been a huge fan of his ever since his freshman season at Alabama. I'm yeah. a lefty. I'm a lefty as well, so that always that always, ah, plays, that always plays in me. Yeah, so I always enjoy that. <laughs> I thought that the 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 hate that he got was just overblown. Yeah. Like he was coming mm-hmm. off a hip injury at Alabama, huge. took some time. He was his first couple of years were during the COVID seasons. It's so difficult to uh, get going, and then yeah. during the off season. You know, some, I, you know what, the social media, like the social media I'm managers, done. they do such a great job for us. Like, I love Jordan. I love Amanda, who worked for us. Uh, Aaliyah, all of them are great. But every once in a while, they'll blow you up, like inadvertently. <laughs> I, they don't mean they, to. <laughs> they don't mean to. It is the nice, it's like, hey, like we're doing upset specials. Like, whenever I pick the Bears as an upset I always, that's always always. on the graphic. When you pick the Dolphins, that's always on the graphic. You're like, I've made other picks too that are good, but. Like show them all. (laughs) But show them all. But the point is during the off season, they showed a a picture of Tua in practice. He's in a floppy hat. He's just throwing a ball, like no big deal. The internet took that to be like, this guy can't throw the deep ball. I want to read you something. This comes from our, our, our stat packet that comes. Matt Okada does this for the NFL the Network everywhere. He is so good. Uh, but Tua Tagovailoa leads the NFL in passing yards per attempt, 9.0. Mm-hmm. And passer rating. And yep. passer rating. Patrick Patrick yep. Mahomes ranks second in the NFL in passer rating behind him. Uh, a significant margin, too. How good is Tua? I, I, I just – I could not be happier for Tua. I think that – in the deep ball. Like, it's – he does it Specifically all. Specifically in the deep ball. I think that it's been a, a revelation and, and just having those guys makes everything so good. Yeah. I mean, we knew that this was going to open up the playbook, that this was going to open up the offense for uh, the Miami Dolphins. I think that we still haven't even seen the full effect of what the threat out of the backfield is going to do. Now they just acquired on top of Bradley Chubb, which was the big headliner, Jeff Wilson Jr. from the 49ers. They still have Chase Edmond and they still have Raheem Mostert out of the backfield. We're just halfway through the season. I think we haven't even seen the full potential of what this offense, balanced offense, can really do. But to Mike uh, McDaniel's um, credit, he's working with what is working for the team, what is putting up points and what is winning them games, and that is the passing game. So um, I love it. I think they have shown some balance there. I'd love to see a little bit more of the run game just to protect my boy a little bit more, take a little bit more pressure uh, off of Tua. But you know what? When you got guys like Hill and Waddle out there, I don't blame them for airing it out. No, 100%. And Chase Edmonds, of course, was traded to the Denver Broncos, but they brought in Jeff Wilson Jr., as you said. The Mike McDaniel was the run game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers in 2020 when right. Roheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. were there. So I think we'll probably start to see a little bit more balance 
uh, from this team because Mike McDaniel wants to run the football. And speaking of which, you know, obviously, you know, during the last head coaching cycle, the Bears went out, added or hired Matt Eberflus. Mike McDaniel was a coach that intrigued me. What were your initial thoughts when he was hired? Because if I remember correctly, you were a fan of this move and it's turned out to be a pretty good one. Yeah, I think having been in the Bay Area and so close to covering the 49ers team all the way up to their Super Bowl run after the 2019-2020 season, I got to see firsthand just how integral Mike McDaniel was to that Shanahan offense. Now, Shanahan is a mastermind. Do not get that twisted. But the fact that he was there and he was such a pivotal part in, in building up uh, that run offense and just the offensive scheme as a whole, I knew what he was capable of. Like, look, he's he's a different type of dude, right? He sort of walks to the beat of his own drum, which is amazing <laughs> because I think it's an asset for McDaniel. He's not the typical head coach. I think, didn't we talk about this? If you're yeah. going to central casting, cast yeah. a, a head coach in the NFL, they were not Dan, picking my Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell looks like the, the head coach. <laughs> So, so I, I love this, that it's changing sort of the mechanism and, and the feel of what a head coach should look like and would look like. His, his, his offensive brain thinks differently, but I think that he also relates to the players in a different way. He's a little bit offbeat, and I think it's a tremendous asset. I liked it right off the bat um, for the Miami Dolphins, for sure. plus the glow-up for right. Mike McDaniel. Because, listen, he was a true, like, Silicon Valley, like, hoodie on, flat-burn <laughs> hat the whole way through, then suddenly he's on a private jet in a not one, not two, but three-piece suit on his way to, let's just say it, South Beach, because that's probably where he went first, before going to Miami Gardens where the team actually plays. So um, I I loved it. And sure enough, um, you know, some some hiccups, major hiccups along the way, but I think he's figuring it out. And moreover, the football side of it, he's very, very good. Yeah, that's one of the things, like these first-year coaches, they're always going to be things thrown yeah. at them that they're not prepared for. Not not, mm-hmm. not unprepared. I don't mean it that way. But you know what? You need to go out there and you. do the job before mm-hmm. you can kind of gain some experience. But you've been – you were spot on with that. And I remember we were on that week when he was hired, and I remember you were glowing because, as you said, you had the history with him working in San Francisco. So it's been great to see that kind of come to fruition. Where do the yeah. – you know, the, let me ask you about Bradley Chubb, though. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, he's signed now. They The Dolphins signed him. Uh, they extended him. Do they? Do the Dolphins not have the salary cap? Did I miss this memo? I've been, I've been looking through our emails today. I'm like, I didn't realize the salary cap didn't ad- adhere to the Dolphins. What a great move that is. I think the Dolphins' yeah. defense has been kind of like, kind of under understated this year, but has been very good. I think so, too. Yeah, even in that last game, I remember watching and asking in the first half of the game, um, is our defense going to do anything? Did they show up today? I'm going to be very real with you, right? Because I have a whole group chat on Sundays. One group chat for all the games, you know, for the show, for Total Access, and then another right. group chat just for my Dolphins family. Everybody's mm-hmm. going in, and, and we can be we can be our own worst critic, I'll be honest with you. But I think the defense has dealt with some injuries, and they haven't gotten going as quickly as the offense has this year. And I think adding Chubb to it just brings another level. It's going to be really, yeah. really tough to 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 game plan against this type of defense. Now you've got two guys there that can really wreak some havoc against opposing offenses. So I think this is great. In terms of like the signing too, I feel like it was my mom. We always thought we didn't have <laughs> enough money for Christmas gifts. And then suddenly she's right. like oh. digging in the back of her closet. And she's like, look at this. Like, oh, look what I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Use that on the show. That's amazing. What a that. great analogy. <laughs> 
Listen, analogies are my thing, MJ. I, I think we know this by now. Uh, that is a really good one. I hope that you I have to drop idea. one for you. <laughs> Please drop that uh, the next time that we're on the air. Drop it on Friday when we're sitting there doing you. the game picks. Uh, we'll get to the game picks in just a second. But I want to ask you, looking at you, you mentioned earlier that the AFC coming into this year was thought to be uber competitive. So many teams upgraded during the offseason. But let's talk about the Dolphins. Where do they where do they stand in the hierarchy of the AFC? I have my thoughts on it, but I'm curious as to think like what do you as somebody who's, you know, worked for the team and, and follows football so closely, where do the Dolphins stand in the AFC right now? I think they're going to be a team that you will see in the playoffs without question, who are going to for be sure. contending for a spot. I think even if you just whittle it down to the AFC East, right? I think it's going to be Bill's Dolphins all the way down to the end. Now, make no mistake, as big of a Dolphins fan as I am, I'm also not delusional, okay? The Bills right. are a juggernaut. That team is no joke. So they, I think for the entire league, they are the team to beat no matter what. I have them going to the Super Bowl this year, without question. Which, of course, for my Dolphins, means that the year doesn't end as we would like it to. But they are just, I think what they've been building for the past several seasons is just too strong at this point. Now, we've seen crazier things happen in any given football season, um, but I do see the Dolphins making a pretty deep run um, into the playoffs, and it's something that hasn't happened in a very long time for us. Um, and so everyone in the AFC should be on notice if you have the Dolphins on your schedule. Oh, I love that. Make a little graphic, Sammy. Everybody in the <laughs> AFC should be on notice. You know what? I will I will take that a step further. I I, I agree with you. I, if I had to pick a team that I think is the best in the AFC right now, it's the Buffalo Bills, and I think that's yeah. fair. They've earned it. No They've been there. Fair enough. The Dolphins, to me, are at worst number two. I think they're better than the Chiefs. Wow. I know a lot of people will find that to be heresy, or anything like that. But again, this goes back to something that we talked about during the summer is that if you look back at the AFC divisional playoff game last year, the reason they won was not Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously he played a big part of it, but it was Tyree killed. He, he took that game over. And the whole reason that they went into overtime and of course, eventually won was because Tyree kill changed the game. When the dolphins get to the playoffs this year, that is where it's really going to show up. Roheem Mostert, underrated running back. Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be great in tandem. You love the wide receivers. And now that you bring in Bradley Chubb, you know, the Dolphins' defense was kind of that one that I thought was good enough to make a big stop when they needed to. We saw that against Detroit. Sure. Like Detroit, yeah. jumped, Detroit jumps out to a lead. We're like, I've, I've, I've seen this play out I've before. I've seen this before. <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted. And by the way, you know, normally, again, going back to our game picks, I'd pick the Dolphins. Uh, and I'm like, the Dolphins better win this. I cannot afford. I know they better, they yeah. better not. They better not. I but I, I I honestly believe that the Dolphins are the number two team, and I think that they have the ability, and they will show the ability to beat the Bills. I don't not I, again. I would say the Bills are better, but I'm not gonna. Like, it wouldn't shock me if the Dolphins right, went out right. there and beat them. I think it took a couple weeks for me to really be convinced of that. But as I watch it more and more, I'm like, yeah, they, they got it going on. Mike McDaniel's got it going on, and everything like that. What is the what is it like, though, when the Dolphins are good? Like, what is Miami like? Like, what does South Florida turn into when the Dolphins are good? Because, as you said, and I'm, I don't mean it as a disrespect, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like when the Dolphins are that town turns into a different place when the Dolphins are good. Oh, my God. Um, we're insufferable. <laughs> if, if, if you're a fan of another team, don't 
don't go to South Florida when the dolphins are, are riding high. Cause you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate us because we will remind you and tell you at every single turn. And I love that for us. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a different vibe, right? Because we're trying to milk this, milk this as much as we can. This 1972 perfect season of which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary one thing about Dolphins fans, we're we're gonna celebrate this perfect season, uh, even if another team does do it. I'm looking at two <laughs> Eagles, you better not, better not. Um, it's 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 just a different vibe, right? Because the thing about a market like Miami, it's very tough. It's similar to Los Angeles, where there's so much stuff going on that yeah. the the sports fans that are the hardcore sports fans, of which there are many, are as hardcore as it gets. Because yeah. there, I mean, it's, it's, you can tell it. There's the tattoos. There's, I mean, it's just tailgating is un, when I went to that Bills game at the start of the season, right? I, I mean, I think I parked like three blocks down and I had a parking pass, <laughs> a media parking pass to get into the stadium. It was unreal. Didn't because, they know who you were? No, they were like, okay, girl. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for coming home, but where you been? We've been here. <laughs> where have you been? Uh, so it, it's just a different, there's a different vibe in the air. There's a different, there's a different sense, you know, the history of this Dolphins team. Also, when you go back to 1972 and Don Shula and you think after that Dan Marino and you think of just all of the things that the team has gone through, I think that Hard Rock Stadium has had in my lifetime, at least seven different names that I can yeah. recall. Right. So th- there's just such a trajectory there, but um, the vibe, the vibe is right right now in Miami. So if you do go, you have a good time. But just know that Dolphins fans are out in full force. Yeah, I've always, I've always admired the Dolphins fans, and like you said, living out in Southern California, you get the same thing. Like last week, we saw SoFi Stadium overrun with 49er mm-hmm. fans. Oh Miami's one of those yeah. places. Well, like people like to go there. Like I'm sorry, you yeah. know why there's only Green Bay fans in Green Bay? That place sucks. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there. Okay, that's Too why. Cold. Nobody wants to live there. Nobody wants to go there. Like, I don't, as much as Steve Mariucci keeps begging me, you got to go to Lambeau. I'm like, actually, I don't. Like, I'm good. If I never, if I never see I'm that okay. stadium, I'm cool with it. Even as a an NFL historian, I, I tease a little bit. But I, I do admire that for the Dolphins, and I do hope. And that's one of those things that you kind of pull for them. Like, every Dolphins fan that I know, especially, especially you, uh, is a delightful <laughs> person. So I always Alex Sanchez, who used to work for us before oh, he went to ESPN. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like every dolphin, like, oh yeah, I was thinking about that as we were trying to figure out, you know, I mean, it was obvious which guests we wanted for the show, but you're like, oh my God, they're all delightful people and we enjoy <laughs> that. But, you know, we do have to, at some point, dismiss the pleasantries because, you know, as a, as a person, my, you know, what's funny is my dad, uh, who I refer to a lot, he, um, he, he hated the Dolphins because of the 1985 <laughs> season. Like of all the things that Bears fans would be upset about, like, oh, I, I hate the Dolphins because they spoiled it and, you know, they weren't ready to go and everything. And I'm like, you know, the Dolphins were pretty good that year. And he was always upset that we beat New England in the Super Bowl instead of the Dolphins because he's like, that would have been the perfect, you know, oh fate to come play, like bringing it full circle, kind of, you know, bring it all That's back the, together. the level of petty that I that I love. Okay. He he always has these wild theories about things too. So it's always, or you did, you know, and so it's always uh, a wonderful uh, to listen to, to his crackpot theories. But what about this week? We're going to be making game picks. I know that I emailed, I email mine in first and everybody gets yeah. to see, you know, it's weird. Everybody gets to see mine. I email Why do you reply all? Why I do you reply all? 
Because there's so many people on those emails who are building graphics or whatever. And by the way, I'm, I'm not scared. Like, I got to put it out there. It's on NFL.com. So, you know what? If you're Have not, you if ever you're, seen my game picks? Never. No. Never. They're always, they're always hidden. It's like Price Waterhouse is guarding them. I walk I mean, into the building and somebody's just, Jordan's got them in a little bag. You can't to be honest, it's because I don't send them until like Friday morning. But um, I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I'm you waiting for like, injury reports. You know, I need to know the full week. But... Rankster goes with his gut and with his depth of knowledge. No, they, He's like, nah, I got this. They make a Sean Shoppy who does the the digital YouTube version of the picks. He makes he hits us up Tuesday morning, first thing oh Tuesday God. morning. And I'm like, Sean, I don't know what's. I'm like, and this is the one that everybody, whenever you see those little graphics come up, and like the Falcons put it out a couple of weeks ago because I picked the Falcons in an upset. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like hearts over it. It's like we had to make that pick on Tuesday. And you got to decide and like, you know, I had to pick the Colts game, not you lean whether, in. whether Jonathan Taylor's playing or not. Like I, I don't get the benefit of the doubt. I Now I can always change these on Friday. That gives me anxiety. They'll be like, okay, we can change. And there's been times where I've changed them, but it's also right. one of those things like, you know, but then you don't want to change it. You're like, do I want to go back on? Do I want to walk this no. back? Thomas Davis did that one time and it burned him. I Couple usually times. just, I'm just like, uh, the one time I did it, it burned me because they mm-hmm. they sort of not convinced me to take the Buccaneers, the, who I didn't want to take. I'm like, I don't feel good about the Bucks, but it's great TV. So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll take it. They've gotten me a couple times like that too, Rank. We got to go with our gut. Oh, it's great TV. Yeah. Like, whatever. And we we want to be team players like you. Like, you can turn in your picks sure. on Friday. I can read a depth chart. MJ Acosta Ruiz, top of the depth chart. No. The uh, I'm the I'm the version you know I'm the uh, the version of the uh, the long snapper I'm the no. long snapper of the show, but let's you pick are this the Robbie thing. Gold of our team, very uh, important, course. very bold, very and uh, all right I'll take that taco guy, love it. No, listen, you know I'll, I'm looking for a Robbie Gold jersey. That's that's the one that's coming <laughs> next. Uh, not after the Chase Claypool was sent to me two weeks ago. Present. Um, <laughs> Let's pick this game, though. Okay, let's get to it. Let's pick the game. We know which way you're leaning. Uh, our opponents somehow are five and three picking against me. I don't know how that worked out, but uh, make the game pick. I give us a preview of what we're going to see on Friday, but uh, let us know. Pick okay, it. I am absolutely taking the Dolphins in this one. But rank, you know, and I've been, I've been very upfront about this. People need to stop disrespecting the Bears and saying that they're not going to score any points or they're only going to put up seven. Um, I think it's going to be a little closer than people expect it to be. I have the Dolphins winning 30 to 25. Oh, okay. I will will take that. That's a total of 51 points with the Dolphins winning by six. Whatever that means to anybody out there, I don't know. I have the Bears winning 31 to 30. I think the Bears off. I think it's going to be very difficult to stop. One? 31 wow. to 30. 31 to 30. Chicago Bears. I like I think it. It's going, to be, it's going to be very difficult to stop this Miami team. I know that last – everybody's looking at last week. Mm-hmm. Realize the Bears were coming off a huge Monday night win. Had to go on the road again. You don't see mm-hmm. that a lot in the NFL scheduling yeah. where a team that plays on the road on Monday night is also on the road the following day or the I, following yeah. week. Excuse me. I do like the fact as well that – um you know, Chase Claypool coming in, I think, is re-energizing this team. A lot of people are stoked. You rise up to the occasion. I hope that we can find a way to defeat Mike McDaniel. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, 
but I am faithful. I, I really do believe the Bears are going to win. Sometimes I might not be as convinced. I'm I'm convinced that we're going to be able to pull off this upset just like we did in New England a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to say. But it's listen, not unprecedented. Hey, you and Jeff Lasucci, where you're right on there. Right? And so uh, maybe they'll give me another four minutes to go ramble about something on the air. But listen, MJ, you are a delight. We appreciate you. How can everybody follow you? If they, if they aren't already, they're missing out. But go ahead and give us how we can follow you on the socials. Same handle at on every social experience. MJ, what is it? This hand? MJ Acosta TV on Twitter, Instagram, even the Tiki Toki, if you like. Oh. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get into it, Rank. It's hard. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if I if I follow you on TikTok, but I will make sure that I do that after the I'll show. Make sure too. Yeah. And again, I want to let you know we appreciate this so much. I know I listen of all, of all people. I know the demands on your time, and so for you to take a little bit of the take a moment out of your day to join us, it meant the world to me. And uh, I can't wait to see you on Friday night for Total Access. We're gonna have, it's gonna be such a good show. Oh my God. I can't it's gonna wait. be on fire. It's gonna be You're lit. Best, You're the Stop best. It. Get out of here. <laughs> there she goes. Get her out of here. The great MJ Acosta Ruiz. And I, listen, this is no BS. Literally, one of the most delightful people that you'll ever have the opportunity to work with. She's so welcoming. Like, look at me. Like, I'm the goofball that comes over from the fantasy show. And you know what? They could they could easily no-sell me. They could be like, who is this clown? No. 100% the other way. They're welcoming they, they seem to enjoy my antics, or at least publicly they do. So they're like, no, she's a delight and uh, cannot, cannot say enough good things about her. And by the way, her schedule is insane. So the fact that we got her to come in here was a huge get for us. One of the hugest gets. And I'm glad we were able to clear the air with her about the Miami Dolphins. And speaking of clearing the air, we spend 90% of our time indoors. And indoor air can be five times dirtier than the air outside. An air air purifier can remove tobacco, smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, wildfire smoke, chemicals, viruses, all this stuff that gets rid of it from the breathing air. Your kids are in school. They come back with a cough. Some kid had a pink eye the other day. Like, there's stuff going on. That's why you need an air purifier from our friends at Air Pura. And if you go to airpura.com right now, and use the code 67, you'll get 7% off your air purifier. We have one in the house. It is amazing. It is it is an essential item. I have it in the kids' room. They love it. And uh, the boy won't go to sleep unless it's on. But we have that thing running 24-7 anyways. But I got to turn it up. It's quiet. It is so quiet. It's as quiet as a church mouse. Sometimes to make him know that it's there, you, you crank it up a little bit so he can hear it. But uh Go to airpira.com to take care of that. All right. Now, listen, we appreciate, we talk about people uh, who make time for us, and we really do appreciate it. So we appreciate MJ Acosta Ruiz. And our next guest is a recurring guest, and uh, she is she's hitting home runs every time we're here. This is a football show. I should say scoring touchdowns. But listen, she crushes it. So before, uh, you know what? Let's just take a trip. Let's get on board. Let's take a trip to the aisle, fantasy aisle. Welcome to our Fantasy Island. Oh, joining us right now is one of our favorite, favorite guests. Uh, you see her work all over the place. I don't want to, I don't want to undersell what she does. She is one of the brightest minds in all of fantasy football. Please welcome to the show, Samantha Praviti. 
Hi. Samantha, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And you just made me feel so good with that intro. So, Oh, my gosh. Listen, <laughs> we, had, we had MJ Acasa Ruiz, and I said, we have to have a superstar follow her. Because a lot of people would shriek, and they would not be like, I can't follow MJ. But you know what? We, we I said, get, get Samantha on. I know she can handle it. Uh, so we're delighted to have you back once again. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I, you know, it's it's been busy, but it's been fun. That was a very eventful trade deadline. Uh, oh yeah, not as eventful as maybe I had hoped for in terms of like fantasy impacts, but certainly a fun one to experience. And I hope that the future ones are like that. And now we've got ski season because it's snowing oh. outside in Breckenridge, which is so much fun. I know a lot of people don't like snow. I just wanted to snow every single day, 365 days a year. You were the only person I know who loves, <laughs> like, or you, nobody loves snow more than you. And it's always a delightful to follow you on social media because you're out there snowing as much as possible, even in the spring, when you think that the snows melt, if you found a yard of snow, you're out there on a board. So uh, I know that you love that. And I know that you love the trade deadline. Speaking of which, you just mentioned it a moment ago. Who were some of the big, I know it wasn't as quite as eventful as you said, but who are some of the biggest winners from the trade deadline? Look, I'm just salty because I thought that there were going to be more moves specifically from the Packers, which I just thought would have been great for a lot of fantasy values and stuff like that. And now we've got Brandon Cooks, like not even playing in this game. So RIP to those who drafted Brandon Cooks. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. So, I, I mean, at least for the winners, like I think a couple of these are like mutual winners, like the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey are winners. Sorry to the, my my Carolina Panthers, but yeah. Christian McCaffrey is a winner of this trade. I mean, he's out there doing triple threat things, throwing <laughs> touchdowns, catching touchdowns, running for touchdowns. So that's just going to be a great thing for him, obviously, with uh, the 49ers love to love to run the ball and it's it's good it's gonna be a great fit there and obviously the 49ers are gonna benefit a lot from having a, a rb1 type caliber guy on the team especially with their like elijah mitchell seemed like he was gonna be the guy last year but he's been banged yeah. up all season he may be coming back but like who knows how long there could be durability issues there so i think that's a really good fit and then kirk cousins vis-a-vis tj hawkinson Really big win wins on both sides of that. TJ Hawkinson gets a huge upgrade at quarterback and gets to bounce right into a contending team, like a team that yeah. could win the NFC. And Kirk Cousins gets a big upgrade getting a, another massive weapon. I mean, it, it, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook are obviously super impressive. Adam Thielen is impressive. But TJ Hawkinson is a top tight end. He's young. He's, I mean, he's just a touchdown magnet. So he'll be a huge upgrade from Irv Smith, who is actually out now with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, I really love that move for TJ Hawkinson. Just number one, going from Detroit to Minnesota has got to be a world of difference. <laughs> and, you know, I know everybody loved the Lions coming into this season, but it's 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 fun. Like KOC's done a great job there in Minnesota. As much as I like to der der deride them and make fun of the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> I got to give them credit. They've been playing very well. They're six and one. I don't want to take anything away from them. But, you know, this is a Bears podcast. I'm wearing a, as far as you know, a Chase Claypool jersey. <laughs> don't, look at, don't look at the name on the back. We don't need to worry about that. We don't need to worry about the 100th anniversary patch from two years ago. <laughs> None of that matters. Uh, Chase Claypool. I think this was a huge get for the Bears. Obviously, I'm too close to it to be objective. What do you think about Chase Claypool going to the Bears, and what do you think it could mean to this offense? I think it can mean a lot. I, I, you know, maybe there was a little bit of talk about that the Bears giving up a little bit much to get Clay, yeah. Chase Claypool because he was a second round pick in 2020 and maybe hasn't lived up to that 
quite hyped. Like he's just been up and down, but you, and you also have to put that in context, right? Like look at the quarterbacks that he's been catching passes from. Sure. And it was just like a senescing Ben Roethlisberger. And now it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. And it was just a mess for him. So um, I think that that was a great deal. I was glad to see that he was kind of on the trading block. And I think that the uh, move makes sense for both sort of parties because the bears have obviously been bereft of like depth at the wide receiver pass catching position. And uh, I think it's a great sign for the Bears nation that uh, the team seems to be investing in Justin Fields, which they should have been from the start. Honestly, I have been a big Justin Fields fan for a while. Uh, I was like on an island. The first thing that Action Network had me do is go on like a three person panel and argue about who the 49ers should take number three overall last year. And of course I went Justin Fields and, you know, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I guess I was just a little too early in my Justin Fields hype, but now he's, he's starting to look good and he's going to look even better with this big bodied receiver, 6'4", 238 pounds, runs a 4'4". So I think he's got that really big play potential and it's going to be really exciting for fantasy. So I think it's an upgrade for Chase Claypool as well. You know, that hit that you did for the Action Network, I think was one of the first things that I saw from you. And that I, but no, I was, and this is, but this was before the draft even happened. Cause I agreed right. with you. I was like locked in because coming into that draft, I was even making the, the observation that, that why is Justin Fields not being considered to be on the same level as, as Trevor Lawrence, because both of them were contemporaries all the way back in high school through college. We saw Justin Fields outplay him in a nationally televised playoff game. And it was always baffling to me. And I'm like, I, the Jets were just going to take Zach Wilson. It's like, whatever. But the 40, I agreed with you. And I was actually really concerned about it because I'm like, I don't want the 49ers to get Justin Fields. I thought that would have been a great move for them. So I remember, I re, I specifically remember that. And so uh, I remember that I was like, yeah, I, go, I agree with, uh, with, with, with Samantha here, by the way, I want to remind the perception. It's like, it's this, the way that Justin Fields profiles. And I feel like it's just this perception. And I know that there's like a a disconnect sometimes between like fantasy and an actual NFL, but there is also this like disconnect between like very traditional pocket passers being like the archetype that they want to draft really early. But uh, Justin Fields gets it done on the ground and through the air. And it's just exciting to watch. So I'm a big fan. No, I I agree. And that's the funniest thing is that, you know, look at the quarterback that the 49ers drafted. And this was the point that you were making is that you want the 49ers were going to draft a quarterback who is athletic, could make plays with his arms and his legs. That's what Justin Fields does. Like, (laughs) why aren't you taking the guy who is blowing up in a power five conference as opposed to a guy who barely played at North Dakota State? It never makes sense to me. It'll never <laughs> make sense to me. Never, ever. But you know what does make sense? Playing fantasy football on underdog fantasy. That's right. Underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up using the promo code SICK and underdog will double, double, your first deposit up to $100. Listen, if you you drafted Kyle Pitts and your season's over, you can go to Underdog Fantasy right now. There's a host of games you can go out there and play. Your fantasy season is never over. Underdog Fantasy is the place to be. By the way, download the Underdog Fantasy app just to keep up with everything that's going on. Brandon Cook's news, anything like that, you get the updates. Comes on your phone. You're like, oh, this guy's not playing. Isaiah Likely. Oh, I should go, bit, go pick him up. Whatever it is. 
Underdog Fantasy. Download the app, and of course, you know, want 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 your deposit doubled? Just go use the code SICK, and uh, you'll be well on your way. All right. Uh, speaking of traditional fantasy leagues, though, we know this week is what some people refer to as buy Mageddon, six teams on a buy. We see a lot of big-name quarterbacks out, including Dak Prescott. Who are some of the best streaming options at the quarterback position this week? Sure. My favorite is Justin Fields, and that has nothing to do with this being a Bears podcast. He was headlining my waiver wire article this week. Uh, he was 41% rostered entering this waiver wire cycle. I was actually pretty worried about starting him against the Dallas defense last week, but because mm-hmm. they entered the week as the number two defense, according to def- defensive DVOA, uh, had his best fantasy performance to date. I mean, two touchdowns through the air, also rushed for a touchdown, QB5. I mean, He's just been trending upwards after starting pretty rough. Uh, He's the QB six on a per game basis since week five. He's averaging 53 rushing yards per game, which obviously gives him a super nice floor. And look at this uh, schedule he's got ahead of him. I mean, it's not just a one week type fill in thing. Dolphins, Lions, Falcons. Those are all very exploitable offenses, all rank bottom eight in defensive DVOA. So I think that he will be very much in the QB one conversation for the next three weeks. If you missed out on Justin Fields, fear not, because you could pick up Taylor Heineke, who kind of falls into that same category of a dual threat type guy. He was only 7% rostered entering the week. I talked about him as a potential fill-in for Mahomes or Justin Herbert managers. He performed pretty well, uh, QB eight for the week. And it's his second week in a row, finishing as a top 13 quarterback. So I think he should be considered at least a high-end QB two, maybe fringe QB1 against the Vikings who are allowing the fourth most passing yards this year. And then last one I'm going to mention is Andy Dalton. Uh, He was, I mean, I was all about him last week and he was pretty good against the Raiders as they completely just shut out that team, which is not the game script that I thought was going to happen, but had 17 fantasy points in each of the last two games. So, I mean, it seems like it's going to be Andy Dalton moving forward over uh, Jameis Winston. So I think that he is going to be another sort of high end QB2 fringe QB1 with six teams on by. Yeah, I remember last week I, I saw that you had you had advocated picking up Andy Dalton. And it was one of those things that you're like, ah, it makes a lot of sense. And he, as you said, he scored 17 fantasy points, but that's because the Raiders were so bad. If the Raiders would have done their job, Andy Dalton would have had to keep, keep throwing and then he would have ended up with like 30 points. So that was an excellent pick. Exactly. <laughs> I want to talk about another quarterback. And again, this is the Bears podcast. So I think we need to talk about him. MJ and I were talking about Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Now, obviously, he's off the waiver wire by now. He's been playing really well. Do you think now, I, if you're sitting there and you're playing season long and you have Tua on your roster, are there many quarterbacks that you should be playing over him? Because I, I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with a number of quarterbacks who are playing better than him, especially in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, there's a select list of guys, but like you're playing Tua over Aaron Rodgers, over Tom Brady, over Russell Wilson, like all those guys that we've expected to be good this year for sure. Um, he's the consensus ranked QB7 for the week right now, was the QB1 last week in a very soft matchup against the Lions. I mean, everyone carves up the Lions, but he's finally looking healthy, should be a mid QB1 this week. I mean, he's got the we- the weapons are just a really big thing. Like Tyreek Hill can just perform with anyone under center, and I'm not that's not a knock on Tua. That's just saying that they have really surrounded him with 
the you know the pass catchers and uh this week i think that he'll perform pretty well i mean chicago is definitely below average in past dvoa and have lost some key defensive pieces so i think that he'll be a qb1 this week and i believe in him yeah i i don't want to say bad things about the bears so i'll let you i know (laughs) what about uh, you know what uh i think most fantasy enthusiasts should be on Roheem Mostert this week, especially in DFS or anything, props, whatever you're doing. I think he might end up being the RB1. What do you think about Raheem Mostert? I mean, yeah, he's a bit of a dud last week. If you can buy low on Raheem Mostert, that's not a bad idea. There's no more Chase Edmonds in the picture to sort of muddy the waters. I mean, I know we've got Jeff Wilson Jr., but I'm, I'm not as worried about him. Bears are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, bottom five in rush DVOA. Sorry, but, uh, sorry about that. But that's I'm- that's just the reality and how I look at matchups, of course. Um, they were obviously carved up by just pretty much everyone except the 49ers running backs in week one. So uh, it's just a very good matchup. So he should be a high-end RB2 with RB1 like upside. He's definitely a really good play this week. One of my favorite receivers in the NFL had a monster game last week, and that is DJ Moore. Yes. Is he fully back? I mean, PJ, he's been he's been playing great with PJ Walker. Is it safe to say that DJ Moore is a must start now? Yes. Next question. Just kidding. But yes, uh, <laughs> averaging 10 and a half targets per game in the last two weeks. So he's just getting peppered there. Scored in both games, wide receiver eight and wide receiver five and half PPR in those games. Um, one of those was against Atlanta. I get it. They're they're pretty Swiss cheesy. But the other one was Tampa Bay, whose defense ranks top six in past DVOA. So, I mean, and like, obviously what sticks in our head is that just crazy catch at the end of the game, yeah. which then the Panthers decidedly blue like blue it was just so painful to watch but but at least uh yes dj moore is back in my good graces as a high-end wide receiver too but yes i that game was very painful to watch oh we love eddie p still in chicago although we've done we've done pretty well with that kicking competition right i mean it is we we moved on from him we brought in cairo so it was like i i think we're okay um we still wish him well and everything like that. Speaking of uh, trades or competitions, anything like that, I know the trade deadline for a lot of traditional fantasy leagues are coming up really quick. Are there any players out there that fantasy managers should be looking at to make trades for? Sure. There's definitely some guys that I like. I like DeAndre Swift coming off of a shaky week eight against the Dolphins. He gets the Packers Swiss cheese run defense this week. So your window will probably close fast to buy low on him. But also I think that he will see an uptick in targets with the loss of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Devontae Adams, definitely another guy that you could buy low on after being a complete dud in week eight. Uh, that broke a streak, an 81 game streak without multiple catches in a game. Uh, and uh, they have a pretty nice schedule rest of season. So I don't think he's broken. And I don't think Derek Carr's broken. I just think they really everything good off the rails in that game. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, another lion. No Hawkinson has been okay, not great after starting the season super strong. So I think it's a good time to buy low just because he will be the number one target in that offense. Um, Khalil Herbert. I like this guy. I have liked him for a while. Yeah, he uh, was outsnapped by Montgomery 52 to uh, 55 to 22 last game, but was just much more productive with his time on the field. 16 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. His yards per attempt this year, 6.2. Montgomery's 3.9. So he's just much more efficient when he's on the field. I like watching the guy. So I think that he could 
end up at least being in a 50-50 timeshare, maybe taking over the role more, more so than um, from Montgomery. And then the last guy I'm going to say is Antonio Gibson. Maybe we wrote him off for dead a little too fast. Um, I do love Brian Robinson, don't get me wrong, but uh, similar usage to Robinson on the ground, but Gibson is seeing the, the work through the air, uh, seven catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. Robinson's not involved there at all. So especially if you're in PPR formats, I really like looking at Gibson there. It's so amazing that Antonio Gibson was a receiver in college. They didn't really work him in that way until recently. And I always made the joke, like anybody who auto picks, you didn't have, because like everybody faded Antonio Gibson during the, during the preseason. The dude's catching punts, probably like handing out towels. I mean, (laughs) during the preseason. Yeah, it's true. And so the people who didn't pay attention to the preseason still drafted him. And now they're like, oh, I've got this excellent player. All of us who know so much uh, moved on to Brian Robinson. And now we're we're sitting here looking at it like, yeah, that, not me, though. I mean, like other people. But uh, <laughs> no, search my tweets. I even said that same thing in August. I'm like, everybody's going to regret passing on Antonio Gibson. But still, I, I also like Kyle Pitts and Dalton Schultz. So don't. You don't have to hey, always Kyle listen. Pitts to sounds, you know, Kyle Pitts is on the redemption track now. So I, I'm, I'm I really hoping. So. <laughs> I hope so, too. If, if Arthur Smith wants to keep his job, he needs to start feeding the talented uh, pass catchers that he has. And that's Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And the fact that they're allergic to the forward pass just makes me so angry for fantasy. It is crazy. It, it goes to show you, too. I think if you look at the, if you look at the numbers, when Kyle Pitts has over 80 yards, that team wins. Like, it's very simple. Like, you you get wow, the same information him. that we do. Feed him. <laughs> Ground baking. <laughs> Force it to him. Force the ball into his hands. Have him take direct it's just snaps. So clear that, it's just so clear that they don't trust Marcus Mariota. And, like, you know, when he, the guy's throw, completing eight passes in a game. It's, it's just really hard for a guy like Kyle Pitts to have the upside that we hoped for. So, I don't think this is the Kyle Pitts problem. I think it's um, – Arthur Smith, Marcus Mariota problem. 100%. And I, I don't think that it's uh, very pleasant for Desmond Ritter either, because at some point, if you don't like Marcus Mariota that much, but you still don't want to go to the rookie, I don't know what's going to be happening with the Atlanta Falcons. Perhaps they're playing for a quarterback next season. But listen, <laughs> want to thank you. Want to thank you for stopping by today. The Action Network is where they can find you. Where else can people find you and follow your great advice? Yeah, definitely check me out on Twitter at Samantha NFL. That's pretty much where I'm most active. I do random radio spots and stuff. I'm on KOA AM 850 in Colorado every Wednesday talking DFS. So check me out there and just various other spots. I'll Yeah. So yeah, follow me on Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> no, we, we see it. No, you always post updates and I'm always amazed by how much you're doing. Your, your, your profile is rising. For good reason. You're you've been crushing it. You've done a really nice job. So we appreciate you coming on, being a part of the fantasy aisle as well. I know the fans love it, so we appreciate you being here. And uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll make this a return trip in the uh, near future. Awesome. Anytime, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you so much. There she goes, the great Samantha Praviti. Make sure you follow her advice on all things fantasy. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I'm in a bind, and this is how I found Andy Dalton last week. I'll go check it out. I'll go I'll go uh, look at her feed and be like, who is she looking at? There are people that you go in fantasy football-wise that you trust. Samantha is one of those people, so I implore you to go out and follow her if you are one of those people who love to play fantasy football, which I know a lot of you are. Now, before we wrap up today, I do want to take a moment 
to uh, once again just go over some of the things that have been been happening with the Chicago Bears over the last couple of days. It's been a it's been very eventful. You know, first of all, it starts with, you know, well, we started with Khalil Mack being traded in the offseason, which, again, I thought that was a good deal. The Bears needed to do it. Bobby Quinn was traded. And I know a lot of people will look at, you know, what happened with uh, Bradley Chubb. Like, well, the Bradley Chubb went for – Bradley Chubb was still on his first-year deal. The Miami Dolphins traded for him under the guise of extending him. Like you don't, you don't somehow show up in Miami and then a day or two later, somehow end up with a six year contract, unless you know that this was going to be something that was going to be a long-term solution. He is a different type of player than Bradley Chubb. And even Roquan Smith, you know, going to Baltimore seems like a really good fit. And we're like, well, why didn't we get a first for him with Bradley Chubb went for a first Uh, Bradley Chubb's a little bit better and he's a pass rusher. He gets to the quarterback. Like those are the guys who attract the most capital is getting to the quarterback, getting to the pass rusher. We heard Matt Eberflus this week say when asked about Roquan Smith, like, look, all things being equal, they would have loved to have kept Roquan Smith. He's an excellent football player. Nobody denies that. But when you're trying to command the amount of money that Roquan Smith is asking for, well, you need to be one of those guys that's getting to the quarterback. You better be the best run stuffer that we've ever seen. And I know that, you know, perhaps he was playing out of position. And I know that Roquan probably wants to be a middle linebacker. But in this system, he was playing off the ball. And you just can't afford it. It just doesn't make fiscal sense. It doesn't make fiscal sense. I like, you know, I like uh Doritos Tacos Locos. I'm not paying 20 bucks for him. Like, oh, I'll go pay a dollar forty-nine. Sure. 20 bucks, I'm out. And that's the way that the Bears have to approach this. And really, you know, I think too many times when you look over what previous general managers did, is there was a lot of sentimentality. And not necessarily I know that Devin Hester ended with the Atlanta Falcons or went to the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Forte played for the New York Jets. But I think that. Too many times this team and this organization just tries to put a band in. Well, let's keep the band together. Let's just try to keep the magic going. And, and it just never seems to work out. And bringing back Roquan Smith at such a huge number would have been one of those instances where it's just not going to work out. And again, I know that I'm sounding like a repeating record, but the Bears have a clear vision in place. And I like it. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them in the draft. We can speculate. We don't know where they're going to finish up. We don't know. This team could make it. They could challenge for the playoffs. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But they want a certain vision of who they want on the defensive side of the football. And it is still going to take a little bit of time to get there. We're going to have to have at least one more offseason of free agency in the draft. And again, we've got a lot of capital. We have multiple picks. You know, even though we traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, there's still a second-round pick there. Now, you can sit here and be like, well, it's the Ravens. because I, I don't think we're going to finish that far off from the Ravens' record. I don't think that the, Raven, the Ravens currently are in first place in the NFC, AFC North, excuse me. But I don't think we're going to be that far off, that it's going to make that much of a difference. I don't think the Bears are going to be in the top five. I don't think they're going to be in the top ten. So we're already talking about middle-round pick, and still there is a lot of value to go out there and get. 
And I think it was important to make the tough decisions and to make the moves that they needed to make. And we've heard from the veterans on this team talk about how transparent Ryan Poles and Coach Matt Eberflus were with the teams in regards to what they're doing moving forward. So I think that that kind of respect is huge for this locker room. And we've, we've already heard Jalen Johnson come up and talk about how much he respects it. He understands it. It sucks. It sucks seeing your friends go to another team. Now, we're kind of happy for them. They're going to contenders. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, it would have been nice to keep everything together. But the Bears have had to make some tough decisions. And I think those tough decisions in the long haul are going to end up paying off. And so I look at what we did with Chase Claypool. And again, I'm going to be repeating myself. And so if you continue to listen to all these shows, you'll be like, oh, Rank, you said this already. But you know what? When we were talking about the price to pay for Chase Claypool, my initial gut reaction was don't don't give up a second round pick. DeAndre Hopkins went for a second round pick. You know, the, the price is set. I pay a sixth rounder, which was what Amari Cooper went for. But this is a different situation. Chase Claypool does not have the salary concerns that Amari Cooper does. And you're paying for a guy that still has one more year on his rookie deal. I think that initially there was some sticker shock of saying, well, I don't want to pay for a second rounder. But if the Packers are doing it, if that's what the price is, you have to decide, are we willing to go that far? And for everybody who is asking for the Bears to surround Justin Fields with talent, sometimes you got to pay a little bit more. It's like, again, to use an analogy, the Ticketmaster surge pricing. I went out there, I was trying to buy Blink-182 tickets. That was a little bit more expensive than I thought it was going to be. But eventually, I had to make the decision. Do I want to go up and pay for these floor tickets or not? How am I going to feel if I miss out on this show? And I think that's where the Bears were. Ryan Poles looked at the landscape. Who is going to be available? Now, I know that a lot of guys came out of left field this past offseason. We didn't expect Tyreek Hill to be on the move. A.J. Brown was a mild surprise, but we could kind of see that happening. And by the way, speaking of the Titans, and I don't mean and our producers who love the Titans, by the way, if I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. If you look at the A.J. Brown situation, now the Titans could have just paid the money for A.J. Brown. And they probably would have been better off. But they tried to do the smart thing. And this is where people who get too enamored with picks, like, well, you can get Traylon Burks, who does just about the same thing, much cheaper. How is that working out for Tennessee right now? Do you not? Do you think that they would want? You don't think A.J. Brown might help them out a little bit? It feels like if you watch the Titans, and again, Anello and Sammy, I don't mean to rub this into you guys, but they feel like they're an A.J. Brown away from being a contending team. You know, we were just talking about the Miami Dolphins, and I was saying the Miami Dolphins are the second-best team in the AFC. The Titans have the second-best record. They look good. They've snuck up on everybody. They're 5-2 and two now. But I don't think of them as one of the best teams because they don't have those game-breakers. And that is what the Bears are going out and getting. And you know what? It wasn't just me. MJ, Samantha both talked about Chase Claypool going into a situation or coming from a situation where the quarterback play was not ideal. And you're talking about noodle arm Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think Mitch was given a fair chance of, of winning that job with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
So I think that you go out there and you take a second round pick and you're like, okay, instead of drafting Sky Moore or Kristen Watson or one of those guys, Waylon Wandale Robinson who went in the second round this year, like, I'll give you Chase Claypool. Like, okay, I'll make that deal. Now you get, and people ask, like, well, why? You could have just drafted a guy. Like, we still have Chase Claypool's rookie deal. So we're not paying a lot of money. Also, we got nine games now for him to work with Justin Fields. He's going to go into a full offseason program with Justin Fields. He's going to go through the preseason with Justin Fields. Next year, he's going to be so far ahead of the game. Instead of asking a rookie wide receiver to get up to speed with a, with a young quarterback, you have a guy that's been there. And he's joining a team where there's already some familiarity. You got Cole Komet here, who and it sounds like he sounds like he's going to move in with Cole Komet. You got uh, Sam Mustafer was another Notre Dame guy, Equinemia St. Brown. It makes too much sense. And I really do believe that the Bears won at the trade deadline. As disappointing as it was to see some of those big names go. And when you talk to somebody hanging out at the uh, grocery store in Sandwich, Illinois, Oh, they lost some big names this offseason, going back to Khalil Mack and recognizable players. But getting the draft capital, which everybody seems to love, but also getting Chase Claypool, a proven NFL receiver, a guy who can go up there and win 50-50 balls, a guy who can be out there and be a difference maker, go out there and make the big catches. I think we had to make that move. And I think it's an exciting time to be a member of the Chicago Bears. we got a tough game this week against the Miami Dolphins, a team that I think is the second best in the AFC, a team that it wouldn't surprise me if they end up going to the Super Bowl. So let's keep the positivity moving. Let's be, you know what? We got what we wanted. We got draft capital. We got a young receiver. A lot of good things are happening with the Chicago Bears, so I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoyed this show. By the way, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, be sure to comment the word sick to let us know that you enjoyed the show today. If you could, and if this goes for the people that listen to us as a podcast, if you could rate and review the show, that would be immensely helpful for all of us. And I want to thank everybody who uh, who joined in, who has done so already. want to thank Samantha Praviti of the Action Network for joining us here today. MJ Acosta Ruiz, the face of the NFL Network, the host of Total Access. It was amazing having her on. Thanks to everybody for being here. Have fun this Sunday. Remember, we'll be at Rip Beer Company Sunday morning, the PCH location. So if you want to come out and hang out with some Bears fans, we've taken over that bar. It's more like Rip Bear Company, if you will. But in any event, thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.